Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. For the scripture reading today, I've chosen a rather dense theological section on original sin. So <laughs> you, might, you might want to read along in your... Bible, um, and the page number is printed in your bulletin if you'd like to do so. Paul writes, for if the many died by the trespass of one, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one, death reigned through that one, how much more will those who received God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of one, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one, the many will be made righteous. And Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, said, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Somewhere in time and space, there was a Quaker meeting house. Every week, a group of Quakers would gather within its walls. They sat together in holy silence. And every week, one earnest friend would stand to speak. He said the same thing every time. He cried, Oh, Lord, sweep aside the cobwebs that have come between us and thee. Let there be nothing between us. Oh, Lord, sweep away the cobwebs. This happened every single week. One day, the earnest friend spoke according to his custom. Oh, Lord, sweep aside the cobwebs that have come between us and thee. But on this day, Another friend rose to speak immediately afterwards. She said, Lord, kill the spider. 
This bold prayer reveals something essential about Quaker spirituality. <laughs> we are not paralyzed. We are not doomed to repeat the same cycle over and over. We're not stuck. Those who seek and follow the light can change. We can grow. We can keep pace with how God is moving in our lives. We can follow the Spirit into new ways of being in the world. We are not stuck. When people think about Quakers, they probably think about our peace testimony. Or maybe they think about the Underground Railroad or Richard Nixon. <laughs> We're duly famous for all of these things. Even though it's less well known, this refusal to suffer spiritual paralysis is woven into the double helix of our Quaker DNA. This idea has been around the days, has been around since the days of George Fox, and it is central to who we are. The early Quakers were passionate about change. Isaac Pennington wrote, the sum and substance of true religion doth not stand in getting a notion of Christ's righteousness, but in feeling the power of the endless life, receiving the power, and being changed by the power. Instead of settling into a lifelong routine of spiritual cobweb maintenance, <laughs> we can kill the spider. We, yeah. <laughs> we can become a new creation. George Fox said, we can become like Adam before the fall. Think about the audacity of that. Normally when we talk about Adam and the fall, we're only allowed to move in one direction. We can say the damage has been done, the glass has been shattered, the fabric has been stained, there's no going back, we've fallen from a height we can never regain. Most of the time, people imagine the fall is immutable. It's a weight that cannot be lifted. Because of Adam, every person on the planet is alienated from God. Because of Adam, we're at odds with the rest of creation. There is strife between us, and we die. And this truth is universal. But Fox found radical hope in the Apostle Paul. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. If Adam is universal, then so is Christ. If Adam left his mark, then so did Christ. Wherever there is sin and separation, there is also Christ. Those who seek and follow the light may walk with God. We can walk with God just as Adam walked with God at the dawn of creation. We can become like Adam before the fall. 
That is how much change is possible. From the very beginning of our movement, we Quakers have believed there is no upper limit to the possibility for change. God has the power to change everything. We can change and change and change until we are exactly, exactly where God wants us to be. We can be like Adam before the fall. This belief is woven into our Quaker DNA. It's foundational to who we are. We can be 100% faithful to the light that we are given. We can be perfect. Although satyrs and sphinxes are not found in nature, you can picture them. You can imagine how all the desperate parts fit together. In fact, I think many of us find it easier to imagine a being that is part goat and part human than to imagine a being that is part evangelical and part Quaker. <laughs> when it comes to evangelicals and Quakers, we aren't sure how the parts fit together. If you want to learn something today, then please hear me. This is the common thread that binds us together. Evangelicals and Quakers believe that the Spirit of God can change us. We share this hope. If we open our hearts, God will change us. God will change us and change us and change us so that we're exactly, exactly where we're supposed to be. Believing in change gives us reason to hope. Because we believe in change, we are not doomed to suffer spiritual paralysis. We're not stuck at the place we find ourselves. We're not trapped in the drudgery of cobweb maintenance. This is all about hope. The possibility of change is all about hope. Until it's not. Here's the insidious pattern I see at work. You can change, you can change. Why haven't you changed yet? <laughs> it happens so quickly. We move from hope to judgment. This happened to us. 300 years ago, it happened to us Quakers. The very first Quakers were on fire with the possibility of change. They dismantled the status quo of their society, throwing out old forms of worship and old structures of authority. The first Quakers were willing to go wherever the Spirit took them. They were fearless in their proclamation, change, change, everything can change. Within a single generation, Quakers were singing a different tune. Conform, conform, everyone must conform. Quakers were expected to dress a certain way. They were expected to talk a certain way. Quakers were expected to stay within the prescribed lines when they got married, when they conducted their business, and when they rested from their labors. Do you know why Quakers were opposed to premarital sex? Because it could lead to dancing. <laughs> this is the kind of joke that you can tell about 
so many religious groups. You could change the name. In fact, I might have done that. <laughs> and you know, Jesus told a similar joke. Don't worry about the speck in your brother or sister's eye when you've got a giant plank in your face. Broomching. There's something comical about the minutia of our conformity. It's absurd. The myopathy of our judgment means we're no longer paying attention. That's exactly what it means. Once we decide to stop listening, there's nothing to do but enforce the previous revelation. We move from believing in change to believing that people should have already changed. We no longer tell people to listen. We tell them to conform. This is not just a problem for evangelicals. This is a problem for everyone. If we're aiming for change, we have to relinquish control. The power for transformation is inward. It's a light that shines in your heart. It's a seed that's planted in you. The Spirit of Christ is in you. The sum and substance of true religion doth not stand in getting a notion of Christ's righteousness, but in feeling the power of the endless life, receiving the power and being changed by the power. And all of that happens in you. And if it happens inside of you, no one else can control it. If we're serious about change, then we have to leave room for people to tap into a power that is beyond our control. We have to trust that the spirit who changes people will change them in the right way. We have to accept some uncertainty along the way. We have to trust. Because when we stop trusting, we fall into the lifeless habit of conformity. It's a problem for everyone. Friends, what is the change? What is the change that you hope to see? How do you hold that hope so that others are free to listen for themselves?